I'm Megan Luscombe and you're listening to season four of my podcast, Real Talk. This season focuses on some of the most important topics surrounding personal growth, relationships and business. So settle in and let's chat. I acknowledge the Boon Warring people, traditional owners of the unceded land on which I live and work and record this podcast, and pay my respects to elders past and present. On today's podcast, I'm talking to Sam about ethical non-monogamy and polyamory. I followed Sam's account at Shrimp Teeth on Instagram for so long, and I've shared so much of their content because it's so fantastic and it is so valuable. So having this conversation for me was incredible. All of their information is linked in the podcast description, but for now, let's get into it. I'm going to kick us off with saying I'm super pumped to have you here. It's currently 7.30 a.m. where I am. What time is it where you are? Oh, my gosh. It's uh, 2.30. I'm on the West Coast in the U.S. Right. I love that. See, I have yeah. coffee, so uh-huh. I, I'm getting ready to uh, start my day, but I'm loving that this is going to be the start of my day because I followed your content for ages. I have found it thought-provoking but very liberating to read. And I myself am in a queer monogamous relationship, but am in a relationship that understands that through time and duration of relationship, that dynamic change and am in a very safe relationship where I know those conversations would definitely take place and be open and explored. So I find myself in a very safe space to talk about these areas of life and areas of relationships, but I know that a lot of people might be in relationships and unable to have these conversations, but also might be single and aren't sure how to start exploring new areas that maybe society really hasn't presented to them in any way. So I would love for you to let me know how you help people so you can let my listeners who are listening now know the gist of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I didn't realize how early it was for No, you. it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I fell into this kind of job is the first thing that I want to mm-hmm. tell people. I'm not an expert, even though a lot of people see me and are like, yeah. oh, you are the expert on monogamy. <laughs> um, I don't find that to be the case at all. Yeah. I am a peer mentor. So I really just help people who are in the process of opening up their relationship mm-hmm. or even, like you said, just reconsidering what the possibilities of relationships are beyond compulsory monogamy. Yeah. And we essentially go through all sorts of different options. How mm-hmm. many people do you want in your relationship? Yeah. Are you happy with a dyadic like a two-person relationship Mm -hmm. or do you want more people do you want those people to live with you do you want them to raise your children do you want them to be sexual relationships do you want them to be romantic platonic what does that look like and the reason why I said I fell into this work is because you know I was living with essentially like my male best friend as I was coming to the realization that I was gay Mm -hmm. and so him and I were we ended up getting married for like health insurance and all the fun stuff that we don't have in the U.S. Um, But then, you know, like living together, bought a house together and realized like, okay, this like perceived monogamy, this perceived straight relationship Mm -hmm. that the whole world sees for us obviously doesn't work well. Mm -hmm. 
And for the duration of our like younger relationship, we'd been living mm-hmm. long distance. So we'd been dating, sleeping with other people. Yep in a very like don't ask don't tell and when we're living together it was like okay we obviously can't sort of sustain this form of secrecy it doesn't make sense we're sharing space so let's go ahead and actually be honest Mm, (laughs) about okay yeah who these other people are absolutely and it's really fucking hard (laughs) like it's really difficult you know even though him and I had like a very solid friendship Mm-hmm. We just realized, like, oh my God, we are super codependent. Like, we expect <laughs> a that. ton <laughs> of things from each other, right? We're so entitled to all this information, all this time, yeah, all this okay. energy from one another. And how do we let go of that? So I started essentially just drawing these like little Instagram posts as I was like contemplating these okay. problems for myself. And they were really just reflections. I was like, you know teaching you'll you'll see throughout my content it's always like you can do this and I'm really talking to myself as like a yeah narrator teacher yeah I love that um yeah and then just realize like oh my gosh there's so many other people who are going through this exact same process either realizing they're queer they're bisexual Mm -hmm. they're you know like sort of transitioning all of these kind of large queer issues that sort of co-mingle with ethical non-monogamy um and so yeah I've just kind of been doing this for the past let's say like four years um and just talking to a bunch of different folks and it's really lovely to hear everyone's different stories because it's so different like Mm. everyone comes at it from such different perspectives well I think that's what interesting what you're saying there and that it's really really different and everybody's really different sorry and I think one thing we can agree on and I, I think the world really puts to us is this is the narrative for romantic relationships that narrative is a man and a woman and you are monogamous and I think that's something I mean before I married my wife I was married to a man I had been I had my family I grew up in a Catholic family Mm -hmm. and you know I was assuming the role of what I was supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. and uh, nobody when I was growing up there wasn't really a representation of any other relationship dynamic, it was you were either, I mean, there were gay relationships, so there were male mm-hmm. relationships you could see. Yep. And, um, I mean, polyamory or um, any other type of relationship dynamic, you know, relationship anarchy and things like that, they weren't actually anything that was presented to me until I stepped into the, you know, queer space when I was about 23, 24, mm-hmm. and I'm 30, turning 36 now. Mm-hmm. So I think society plays a huge role in the lack of education of what we can do as individuals. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there are often barriers for people when they come to you if they want to explore taking a relationship from two to three, Mm -hmm. maybe just one step? Yeah, and I will say, like, I want to just segue yeah, please. Yeah, I think, you know, as queerness has become a lot more accepted, just generally, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's not everywhere in the world, but yeah. in a lot of countries, we've sort of seen a push towards like mainstream assimilation, mm. right? We have what we call like homonormativity, right? yeah. this idea that you can be queer, you can be gay as long as yep. it still looks very much like yep. a monogamous heterosexual Absolutely. relationship. Absolutely, yep. 
And so unfortunately, what happens is that people are sort of starting to adopt that philosophy a lot more. And we're Mm. seeing a lot less like politically, radically queer relationships. It's kind of being diluted where it's like, okay, now you have marriage equality. So go ahead and get married to this one other person. No, you know, triads, no quads. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So I find that unfortunately, I think, you know, people who have been sexual and gender minorities are now sort of, you know, having to struggle in the same way that my straight clients have to struggle with a lot of these concepts. Um, And so, yeah, there's definitely those like big societal barriers. Mm. And I find that kind of regardless of where you're coming into these conversations, you really do have to deconstruct what we call compulsory monogamy, right? I always make that really clear distinction to people. It's not that monogamy is bad. Bad. I mm-hmm. absolutely don't absolutely. think that there's anything wrong with like two person partnered mm-hmm. relationships. It's the default assumption yeah. right, that everybody has to be mm-hmm. <laughs> monogamous. Yeah. That, that yeah. is the only way of relating. And there's a whole list of kind of belief <laughs> systems that are wrapped up into compulsory yeah. monogamy. And I think that's the bulk of the work. When I said yeah. like ethical non-monogamy is fucking hard regardless of who you are like I really really wanted to be polyamorous I consider myself to be kind of like by default I know some people are more lifestyle polyam yeah I think for me it's just kind of like more of a core identity piece just like the Mm -hmm. queerness is part of my identity and it's still difficult you know I struggle with a ton of jealousy like I get super super activated when my partners start dating new people especially you know there's that like territoriality the Mm -hmm. all of these messages that tell me like I'm not enough if my partner wants to go see somebody else and it's hard like you just kind of have to sit with that discomfort sit with the fact that you know all of these messages have been programmed in us since mm-hmm. you're super super little <laughs> yeah. and there's not like one easy clear way to just detangle all of these relationship beliefs mm. and that's why i tell people like even if you want to choose and even if you think that monogamy is ultimately great for you it's not a bad idea to explore philosophically yeah. what polyamory looks like right yeah. Are you actually consenting to all of the things that monog- that compulsory monogamy tells you that you yeah. have to? Like, do you want children? Do you want mm. to live together? Do you want to <laughs> sleep in the same bed? Yeah, do you okay. want to yeah. share a family? Do you want that? Or are there certain choices that you actually don't agree with? Yes. And do you have to continue following that? Yes. And, so and that's, that's all of yeah, the work. I love that. Doing. And I love that. That's so much okay, work. <laughs> exactly. And that is so much work. And, you know, I suppose for you, you probably scratch the surface of one area, but then open the wound for the other areas that are mm-hmm. coming through. Do you find that there are any sort of really uh, similar um, areas that, most people will find is a trigger point is there sort of one area like maybe is it jealousy that people will go that that is sort of across the board that is it will be experienced for new people who are trying this and you know trying to step into this relationship dynamic yeah definitely and I think you know people I always tell them especially when they're in the really early part of opening their relationship Mm -hmm. like you probably assume that your ability to handle jealousy is much bigger than it actually is like when you are in those moments and you probably Mm -hmm. won't even know right like ahead of time you're like oh you know I might get jealous (laughs) 
and I like to tell people like you will get jealous yeah, at some point. Right. Yeah. Even the folks who are generally more chill, like my partner just tends to be a lot calmer than me. <laughs> like yep. there are things, you know, for all of us that are just gonna poke at Trigger us. Points, yeah, really, absolutely. Exactly. Like just hit our insecurities. Mm-hmm. And as I said, you know, like in the beginning, you are dealing with all these brand new issues, like all of these new situations that you've never dealt with. You don't have the skills to deal with them. So it's super, super hard. And unfortunately, that is where, like I tell a lot of people, it is a risk, right? Mm -hmm. I think the reality that a lot of us don't talk about is that the relationship that you initially open not a lot of them survive, yeah. right? It's hard to make that transition. Yeah. People who really want to commit to polyamory usually end up finding partners kind of a couple years down yeah. the road that they yeah. can sustain this type of relationship with. Some couples do stay together. I don't want to say like it's a no, of course, No, of course, just like monogamy. Way. Some people end up breaking exactly. up and some don't. Yeah. 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 And it's just hard when you sort of like, uh, laid the groundwork for yeah. monogamy to then open up and realize yeah. like wow all these assumptions we've had of each other just no longer exist so whether yeah. it's jealousy that ends up pulling people apart or it's just like different types of non-monogamy that can yeah. also be a really big challenge you mm-hmm. know like I even talk about myself and my ex-husband we mm-hmm. ended up getting divorced yeah. too because we realized you know what this is actually not working like we don't want to share space together yeah. anymore and that's okay you know mm-hmm. like yeah. the lovely part about ethical non-monogamy is that we can restructure our relationships yeah. rather than breaking up you know really yeah. looking at yes. all the parts that aren't working so yeah, yeah no, there's a lot of things that can go wrong but there's a lot of great yeah obviously exactly yeah and there's I think there's a lot of things I I think some of the conversations that I have had even with friends when it comes to mm. you know because I love talking to my friends about I have yeah. I have obviously queer friends who are really loving to be and great to be able to talk about these things because I think they come at it from a different angle whereas Mm -hmm. if I'm speaking to my straight friends about it I often find that they have a lot of resistance come up Mm -hmm. oh I could never do that or I could and it's and I often find myself saying it's it's not about you doing it it's about you actually asking yourself why are you in a monogamous relationship what is what has put you in that position and is it something like did you actually actively say to your partner we are going to be monogamous like or is it just a default did you have a default like, you know, my wife and I, like, you know, we actually sat down and said, hey, is this, as we're getting married, is this, we got married because we wanted to have a family and we wanted to have all last names. And my mm-hmm. wife is from America. So mm-hmm. she's from upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And we wanted, when I had, um, I was carrying our child, we wanted to make sure that I would be able to get back to the States if anything had happened with her family, mm-hmm. just to, yeah. you know, and that was yeah. the basis of our marriage. It was about what would it yeah, allow us totally. to do? And I think that was a very different conversation that most of our friends were having. A, I mean, obviously we mm-hmm. love each other, but my friends were looking at marriage from like a love marriage. You know, this is an Xbox yeah. tick. And for us, it was a, we love each other, but this is more practicality for what we need to be mm-hmm. doing in our life. And when I say to my friends, oh, well, did you um, have a conversation about choosing monogamy? They say, well, no, I don't need to have that conversation. And then it makes me think about my clients who I work with who have been long-term monogamous and one person cheats. And then I'm they're sitting in front of me and that person says, I just don't, I don't want to be monogamous. And the other person is like, what are you talking about? 
and it's and it's that, exactly right and it's never come up because nobody's asking that question nobody's mm-hmm. saying hey is is monogamy what we want long term or is this something that we yeah. we want to check in with each other every year like at the start of every year my wife and I sit down and we go what worked last year what didn't mm-hmm. do we need to change something like is something mm-hmm. need to like we call it our relationship agreement like what yeah like is absolutely. it going to change and and I find when I talk to, you know, maybe in particular some of my straight friends about it, they get very all that societal like, oh, no, mm-hmm. oh, God, no. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't want my partner to talk to me about that because then they'd want to leave or rah, rah, rah. And do you find that there are any couples that come to you with maybe that fear of what if we do this and something goes wrong? Or right. they that you know that they catastrophize, and obviously they can like you For just sure. said there can be negative outcomes, yeah. But obviously they can be really positive ones as well. So yeah. do you often find that they're coming to you with a catastrophized mindset of wow, right. ah, what's gonna? Ah. Yeah, and I think this is where it's really interesting the sort of difference between therapy and peer support, yeah. right? I talk to a lot of therapists but one of the things I absolutely always make sure to check with people is like do you have a therapist that you're working with right because that's not my role my role is here much more in a casual way like I can answer questions we can provide education but at the end of the day like I'm not here you know we'll talk for an hour once maybe a couple of times but I'm not here to build that relationship where you're able to do that personal growth Mm -hmm. and I say that because that means that I am sort of in a unique place of being able to really like meet people where they're at right like I understand that at the beginning of these conversations about opening up usually one person absolutely doesn't want to be open right yeah and I talk to a lot of folks who are just like my partner sprung this on me. They're essentially forcing my hand. I have to be monogamous. Otherwise I'm going to lose this relationship that I built and fuck. (laughs) And so (laughs) being able to really, exactly being able to to sit there and say like, yeah, no, you're right. Like that does suck. Mm. That's a really difficult position to be in. And let's try to brainstorm a couple of small steps, right? What feels okay for you? right? Because that's really different for a lot of different folks. Mm. And a lot of people start off their non-monogamy by just slowly letting other people be in their life, including friends, right? Because what happens with a lot of monogamous folks is they end up really creating this Mm -hmm. like small insular two-person dynamic where there's just not a lot of community. There's not a lot of other folks who they're spending their time with. Mm -hmm. So for the people who are like really resistant, who don't want to be ethically non-monogamous, I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's take a step back, right? We're (laughs) going to do these 30-day agreements with your partner, right? Month by month, what are you agreeing to? Take the sex off the table. This is way too early. It's going to, you know, implode your relationship. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. If one person absolutely does not want to be ethically non-monogamous to just go straight into bed yeah. with somebody else like you're setting yeah. yourself up for disaster, disaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I sort of help people like really come up with a game plan of like mm-hmm. okay for this month what do you feel like you can handle can we download a dating app and just see the types of people that we're interested in yeah, okay. right we can talk about this yeah like, what that's do you a really good baby step really attractive right mm. and then you can sort of start to realize like yeah you know 
your partner finding other people attractive doesn't necessarily take away from your attractiveness. You can even yeah. talk about your attractiveness in this process. And you're sort of slowly building trust over yeah. time. Right? This might be okay. Eventually, you know, yeah. three, four months down the line, we can mm-hmm. then go on first dates. We can then kiss somebody at a club. We can okay. then maybe have a sleepover. And so that's what I mean when I say like, for me, it really is about meeting people where they're yeah. at. Like, there is not one standard journey. I'm never yep. trying to push people beyond what they're capable Absolutely. of doing. And I recognize how many people are just incredibly threatened because as you said, yeah. when you pull the string, right. And you're just like, Oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Are we choosing to be monogamous and all of these other questions start to unravel? Mm -hmm. And it's fucking heavy, right? Like it's hard to just sit there and be like, hold up. Like, should we be living together? Do we want to have children? Wait, we already have kids. Like we didn't even make that decision consciously. It's too much. Yeah. Just too much. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it sounds like what you're saying is what I always say to my clients when I work with them is when it comes to any change in our relationships Mm -hmm. or in our life, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing when it comes to saying 30 days, this is, this is where we're taking it here. And this is where we're taking it there. And I find it really interesting that you brought up the, um, going through like the dating profiles Mm -hmm. and seeing what we like together. Um, because Mm -hmm. every Monday I ask my followers to ask me a question and tell me Mm -hmm. an anonymous question. And one of the questions that I got this week was my, um, my boyfriend told Mm -hmm. a female friend of his that she he finds her attractive Mm -hmm. he told me this and he said it's no big deal it takes nothing it it means it's it's just a fact Mm -hmm. it's and she said I feel um I feel uncomfortable about this Mm. um is is this normal (laughs) right and I I love Mm -hmm. the word normal (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this is normal look the what's that really is I think what I what I and what I replied with that is that's that's a bigger conversation to have. It sounds yeah. like that there are some things that need to be talked about in your relationship. But they mm-hmm. then asked me, what would I do? And mm-hmm. I am in a safe, incredible relationship where I would openly have a conversation. I mean, yeah. we talk about people's how stunning people are all the time. And you know, I if my wife is to comment on how someone looks, that I I know that that has nothing to do with me and, and right. vice versa. But mm-hmm. I wonder for you, have you noticed since the introduction of social media and dating apps that there mm-hmm. is a lot more comparison of mm-hmm. oh, my partner likes, my partner finds this person attractive. Does that take away from me, especially in a, in a polyamorous situation, I guess you could potentially be dating multiple people who mm-hmm. all look very differently because we mm-hmm. don't necessarily have a type. Does yeah. Does that impact on an individual level? Yeah, Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And yes, (laughs) yes, Yes. there is a lot more comparison just because we have access to, you know, stock these metaphors, (laughs) Facebook pages and all of this. I will say, you know, what we are always kind of coming back to in this conversation Mm -hmm. is that mindset shift, right? The shift from compulsory monogamy into ethical non-monogamy theory, right? Whether you practice or not doesn't really matter. Just being able to put yourself into that headspace. What happens when you're kind of shifting is that all of a sudden you realize like, I don't need to be number one. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be the best, right? I don't need to be the hottest, smartest, best 
across the board everything yeah. person mm-hmm. in order to be worthy of love right? yeah okay. there's so many other people in the world who are sexy attractive yeah. beautiful smart intelligent yeah. have all of these skills talents blah, 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 you yeah know? absolutely all of the things and that doesn't take away from me yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. um and I kind of like you know right now I'm finding myself in a much more monogamous relationship than I've ever been in Uh um situationally and you know my partner definitely has friends that are incredibly close to her who Uh she spends a lot of time with and you know she shares a bunch of her hobbies with those people and what I always tell people is like just from that framework you can see why it's beneficial right yeah I don't want to go snowboarding I don't like it it's not Uh for me no but she has these great people who love and share these interests and that's fabulous because it takes the pressure off of me I don't have to go I don't have to go. You have all of these lovely yes. folks who are able to do this. And I think that's where the real joy and beauty yeah. of ethical non-monogamy comes mm-hmm. in is once you're able to get over the initial insecurities, the jealousy, once you've built yeah. that trust that your partner will come back to you, yeah. right? That you're not going to be abandoned. Yeah. That's when you start to feel, you know, that compersion, the happiness for your mm. partner's happiness. You're able to see like, oh, my metamors are fully dimensional people. They're not monsters and they're not perfect, <laughs> yeah. right? They're yeah. like everybody else. They have flaws. They have qualities. And again, nothing, none of that takes away from you personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's really like the, I think, like I said, the lovely part about people being able to embrace non-monogamous ideas, even yeah. in theory, then you don't feel quite as guarded, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're going through life, just always assuming that somebody is lurking around the corner, trying to steal your partner away, yeah. you're on the defensive Absolutely. all the time. And you're really just like preventing these other relationships from developing. And yeah. that's what I hope that more people are willing to embrace is the idea that like, you can have community, you can have friends, you yeah. can have occasional fuck buddies you can yeah, you know like absolutely. do all of these things with your partners and that's mm-hmm. okay too and what freedom in that in yeah, and, I, and exactly. I think and one key thing that you just said it's it's being able to you know like you can have that and it, and it's mm-hmm. and I think one thing what I'm really noticing in this conversation the things you're saying is that it's all about having that conversation and knowing that you can have that choice and you have the choice. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a default. So right. whereas obviously this most people go into this monogamous mm-hmm. state and they don't mm-hmm. do that, they don't choose to do that, it's an automatic default. But if you want to go yeah. in and choose monogamy, awesome, go for it, fun, have, have for it. But I suppose it's more yeah. about going if that is not what you align with moving forward, you can have conversations and actually make that choice to do that. And I know I worked with a lady about two and a half years ago, this incredible 55-year-old woman who was just Mm -hmm. a rock star and she'd um, divorced her husband two years prior and she was in a polyamorous, polyamorous relationship with three other men and she was just living her best, most incredible life and as she had just gotten married to one man and had only had sex with him in her life and decided when she left him, it was time for her to experience her own life. And when I had a session with her, she um, 
we were working together to talk about how she could better communicate in between the three because she was finding it really hard to um, implement boundaries and things like that. But I ended up seeing her about six months ago because one of her partners had decided to exit the relationship Mm -hmm. and she was so upset and she didn't, she felt she couldn't, she said she wanted to talk to her friends about it, but her friends devalued her heartbreak because, oh, we've got to, you're you're seeing other people. And she said, um, and yeah, and she said, and what she was struggling with her friends was she wasn't seeing other people. These were three people that they were all Mm -hmm. consciously in a relationship together because the men were in a relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And she was saying, I kept saying to my friends, it's not me having sex with three men. She said, yes, sometimes I sleep with these men, but it's an emotional, it's a, a, Mm -hmm. you know, they would live, they live together and it was a community experience. And she said for her, when she talked to her friends about it, they were really dismissive of that. It was a genuine relationship that were like, oh, you're just having sex with three people, you know, because you're being selfish. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to add, like, I think that's the unfortunate struggle. Yeah. Like, um, a lot of, it's such a difficult conversation because there's mm. so much nuance to it. Yeah. But I think every time that polyamorous people talk about, like, the discrimination that they yeah. face, people are just like, shut the fuck up. You're just trying to, like, associate your struggle, especially yeah. they say this to straight couples, yeah. with, like, queer oppression and all of yeah. that. But it's true, right? Yeah, like polyamorous absolutely. people don't have legal rights. You can't marry multiple people. Yeah. You can't have, you know, parent like parental yeah, exactly. duties with multiple people legally yeah. anyways. And socially, as you're saying, like we just don't have the support system. Yeah. Like the reason why people call me, strangers call yeah. me on the internet is because they can't talk to their friends. Exactly. Because they have therapists who unfortunately are not polyamorous trained. They don't have those frameworks and they're giving them advice from a monogamous lens. And so, you know, like I just see myself, as I said, I'm not an expert. I'm really just here to talk through all of these difficulties because I get it. Like it's hard. (laughs) It is hard. hard. I think it Um, would be, and it must be, and it must be, it must be lonely to have to, feel like you can't talk to friends or family right. or or anything yep. about that and I think one thing I notice with my clients who are looking to explore even something that is just a step out of traditional monogamy such as mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. my my partner's going away on a trip and I'm not going with them yeah and all my yep. friends are now going you should be going with uh, them and why what if right. they do uh-huh. something rah, rah, rah. like even if they do things like that they find it really yeah you know, alienating yep. and, and with Having my friends with exes, it's so weird. Uh-huh. And I think my wife and I really challenge our friendship circle because my mm-hmm. wife is friends with her exes. Like mm-hmm. I have two, two of my exes. I'm, I would gladly sit down and have coffee with and, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. my straight friends are like, why, but why do you, and then my question is always, but why not? <laughs> but, but why not? Like, why are you, and I find this, you know, it's it's this resistance, this like, oh, yeah. and I think resistance is a good thing. It teaches us. And, okay. and, you know, I'm sure that there will be times in my life and relationship where there'll be a new thing that comes up for me that will present a resistance. But I wonder with, you said now your relationship is 
the most monogamous mm. relationship yeah. that you've been okay. in was that mm-hmm. something that it fell into or was it so or more of a conscious like yeah. oh we will be a, we will be more monogamous <laughs> or a bit of both um yeah it was a bit of both so I met my current partner right as I was starting the divorce process with my ex-husband, which was also, as you're mentioning, like your previous client, you know, it's so complicated to be in a relationship with somebody when you're also dealing with a breakup because you have to be able to consciously show up for the person that you still love and be able to deal with the heartbreak. So that's a whole other like complicated (laughs) kind of situation but again as you said discomfort you grow from it it makes you stronger in theory yeah in theory Um, so so while that was happening I was also seeing another person and we ended up realizing like you know what this is better as a queer platonic relationship like I love them to death and you know like I just couldn't see life building with that person um and so it was kind of a tricky situation because you know like my nesting partner my girlfriend has again it's not my place to disclose but has history of cheating in her past and was like very sensitive to Mm -hmm. some of these issues and so it was learning okay how do we bring like a polyamorous framework into more of a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. and again like we were we started dating right as covid hit so all of a sudden it was like okay by default we're monogamous yeah we're bringing in this queer platonic person who I'd had a romantic relationship with into yeah, okay. our life and creating this kind of like kitchen table polyam situation yeah, okay. that doesn't necessarily look like other people's polyamory. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so th- this pupi just moved to Alaska. That's why I'm saying I'm more monogamous. Than I've yeah. Ever been okay. Currently in my life, but I think there's this understanding between my partner and I, like that's not, a sustainable way for me yeah. to live for the yep. rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm super happy right now. Like I love the simplicity mm-hmm. that monogamy does yep. allow. Like yeah. I don't need to do scheduling. I don't need to have conversations about like <laughs> yeah, my feelings about metamors right now. Like yep. I love the ease that that has brought me, especially yeah, as I was dealing with a divorce. Right. Yep. And fair. for me, like all of these situations, like I tell people like, I'm really a relationship anarchist at heart. Like yeah. I do not believe yeah. that there is a set way to be in relationship with everybody. And so for me, like to have one partner at this moment works, works. really, really yeah. great for me. I'm focusing a lot on like finding like community friends and especially like other artists that's been a really big and important part for me coming out of the pandemic whereas like having other sexual relationships is a little bit kind of like on the back burner right now and that's gonna change like I am not a static person nor Mm -hmm. is she and I think for me, what this whole conversation really boils down to is like the ability to be more and more honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be honest. And, that's hard. Right? and it's hard Absolutely. to be honest when you have all these cultural messages that tell you it has to be this way. If your mm-hmm. truth does not align with that message, there's mm-hmm. so much shame, guilt, yeah. and all the negative feelings. And I really, really do not want that in my relationships. Yeah. Like yeah. I want her to be able to come to me and tell me like, hey, I'm going camping with my ex-girlfriend and I want to be able to say that makes me fucking uncomfortable, but do it. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
enjoy yeah. yourself you know discomfort is not a bad thing yes that's kind of the oh, point of all of that this. is like, such a yeah we push yes. ourselves to be yeah. more honest discomfort <laughs> is not a bad thing yeah. and I think that is yeah. one thing that is such a key like line and I think more people mm-hmm. need to realize that we feel discomfort and automatically go bad bad stop bad. do yeah. something to make me feel more comfortable but really sometimes discomfort is actually calling you to learn and to yeah. educate yourself and it's interesting that you said you're a relationship anarchist at heart because that's absolutely how I find myself. That's yeah. exactly how yeah. what I align to. But before I do end this incredible conversation mm-hmm. with you that I could have for the next five days, um, I do know that there are some terms that you are using yeah. that maybe my listeners will go, when she's saying metamorph, what is she actually, what does that, what does that mm-hmm. mean? So yeah. are you able to tell my listeners yeah the terminology that you often use when it comes to helping queer polyamorous folks? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, like on our website, it's shrimpteeth.com slash glossary. So we have- Perfect. I love this. Talks about all of these little words. And I know like I use really specific language like pals um, throughout my Instagram to just Mm -hmm. talk about like general people that are important in your life because I know that not every relationship is sexual or romantic or platonic. Mm -hmm. And so that's- conscious deliberate language that I use that other people in this community might not use so anyways you can go check all of that out but I think one of the words that really needs defining as we've been saying is the term relationship anarchy people are like chaos oh no that's bad we don't (laughs) want that right or there's a whole subsection of pardon my language but libertarian fuckboys that are yeah. like mm-hmm. i am a relationship anarchist because i do not care about anybody's feelings yeah. if mm-hmm. i hurt you sucks yeah too yeah. bad mm-hmm. that's not how mm-hmm. i use the term relationship yeah. anarchy. for me it's really about like deliberately and considering every person that i'm involved with choosing yeah. what does and does not work for us right yep. the term anarchy is about having no like control over exactly. one another right mm-hmm. so the freedom to say okay you know like i have this romantic partner who has these specific issues so let me go talk to my other partner and make sure that we're yep. able to consider everybody's feelings mm-hmm. and create dynamics that work for all of us to sort of promote the most cohesiveness yep. without telling each other what to do Yep. Um, so that's my definition of relationship anarchy. Metamors just refers to your partner's partner. Yeah. Pretty easy. Love that. Um, there's us. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm no, I'm definitely gonna link long. that as well. And I'm going to link <laughs> but, that because yeah. I think it's important that if I think words are important and language yeah. matters, but I also understand that for some people they might be going. I don't know what this space is or what is happening. So I'm glad that you've said that. And I will link that in the um, bio. So for anybody listening who wants to be able to look into further terminology, I'm going to link that in the podcast description. But I want to say thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible. I could continue this conversation for days, like I said. (laughs) But before we do sign off, is there anything that you want to end for my listeners to really understand or is there anything that you are currently working on that you'd like to share with my listeners so they can come and find you obviously I will link all of your um, information but I'd love for you to let my listeners know how they can get in touch if they want to learn more 
Yeah, so you can find me Shrimp Teeth on Instagram. Shrimpteeth.com is our website. Um, I'm currently working on compiling our ethical non-monogamy workbook. So Fantastic. they're currently available in PDS, but they're going to be Great. available in print very shortly. Fantastic. And the idea is really for people who are either monogamous, who've never heard of polyamory, to start reflecting. Fantastic. Right? It's a bunch of questions just to help people really wrap their heads around what this means for them mm -hmm. so my last words on all of this is just like even if you're scared it's okay you can always just read a book mm -hmm. see what works for you and discard the shit that you don't like like nobody is that. forcing you to be into this I love that I love that and that yeah. sounds exactly that's exactly what we want we want people to yeah. take what works for them and be proud to do what works for you Find me on Instagram at meganluscombe underscore. Book a session or say hello at my website, meganluscombe.com.au.